0: The Bible is the story of God and God's people, recorded by the saints of the church to share the love of God with the world. We've heard from some of the saints of this parish and their story of God in their lives. And this day we welcome Keith Christensen to the pulpit. Keith? Bless the words from my mouth, and the hearts that hear. Just a couple of things. If you've noticed, these podiums aren't the same height anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I took it up to the final hole on this thing. And for those of you that might have OCD, just look at this <laughs> Also, you've probably seen me at the Peacock Playhouse doing roles last time with Don Quixote, and I memorized lines and pages and pages and pages of lines. This morning I will be reading instead. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Good Shepherd. Good morning. I would like to wish you all a happy Father's Day and also let you know that the man who now stands before you is not Father Bill. I know that may confuse some of you, but not half as confused as I was when Father Bill asked me to do this. So, welcome to Learning to Preach 101. (laughs) First, let me tell you who I am, for those that may not know. I'm Keith Christensen. I'm the music director here at Good Shepherd. And I work with my beautiful wife, Susie, in real estate. Susie's not here today because she's in Florida with her mother celebrating her mother's 94th birthday. So happy birthday, Cassie. The reading for today was from 1 Samuel about how David was chosen to be king. Jesse, David's father, did not understand how David could be picked and not one of his other more qualified sons. As the Lord said to Samuel when he was presented with Eliab, the oldest, to consider, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature." because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart." Have you ever asked yourself, how did I get here? I've asked myself that question many times. When I was studying at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia, I would often question why I was there. Why was I picked to attend this prestigious conservatory? What did I have that made that possible? My teacher, at Curtis, was Todd Duncan, the original 40 in George Gershwin's 40 best. He created the role. One day, we all decided to ask Mr. Duncan why he picked us as students to work with. He gave varying answers to my colleagues and other students. I figured I was your last chance. You need to start singing properly. You look the part, but you don't sing the part. I was not looking forward to his answer to me, and then he shocked me. I picked you because what you sang was simply beautiful and beautifully simple, and I wanted to work. As God had told Samuel to look beyond the person and at heart, Mr. Duncan looked on my heart, and he chose to share his talents with me. Working with Mr. Duncan helped me to become the man I am today. Going to Duncan's studio was like going to church. It was always a very blessed and spiritual experience. He was a very godly man. We would drive from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C. to his house every Saturday. One time when my parents were visiting and we were having our lessons at Curtis at the school, my parents got to meet Mr. Duncan. My mom and dad watched as Mr. Duncan, a little more animated than usual because of course he was a performer, he would hit the piano pushed me in the diaphragm, stopped me after singing a few words over and over again, made me repeat phrases, and questioned my own ability to breathe. (laughs) After my lesson, Mr. Duncan asked to meet my parents alone. He met with my parents without me in the room, of course, because I was a child and these were my parents, even though I was 26 at the time. (laughs) not argue with Mr. Duncan. What he told my parents in their private meeting, they later told me after I left music as my profession. Your son's heart is too big for him to focus just on himself and forget the rest of the world. He has the talent and the voice to sing around the world, but his compassion will get in the way of him kicking and clawing his way to the top of his profession. When I went to my lesson the next week, Mr. Duncan had made an observation about my dad. He noticed that as I was walking out of the studio the week before, my dad put his hand on my shoulder with love and pride. Mr. Duncan saw that as a great lesson. One day, while living in Philadelphia, I received a church newsletter from my home church in Kent, Ohio. In the letter, they would profile a certain church member each month. That month, it happened to be my dad. One question and answer that hit me was, who do you most wish you could be like? Being that he was a physicist, his answer surprised me. Instead of answering Einstein or Hawking or Carl Sagan, He said, Jesus Christ. I always knew my dad to be a religious and spiritual person, but I never would have expected that answer. If I had been able to look on his heart, I may have expected that answer, but I had become very out of tune with my family and in pursuit of my goal to become a professional musician. I had become very self-centered and selfish in that pursuit. That letter changed my life and goals. I actually loved music because I was thinking about going into the ministry. I spoke with a couple of ministers that I grew up with and realized that unless I felt truly called to the ministry, there were other things that I was more suited to, like being a social worker or a therapist. My family had always been involved in church outreach and showed me that you don't need to be an ordained minister to be able to touch people's souls and hearts by sharing Jesus' love. In my life, I've made some bad choices and was lucky enough to have people around me that supported me and made me hold up a mirror to myself and see the reality of who was responsible for those choices. David had plenty of opportunities to make choices, some good and some not so good. But those people around David, including God, helped him to see the right way to go. I was surrounded by compassionate people throughout my life. When I would succeed, those people were there to celebrate with me, and when I fell, those people were also there to lift me up. Compassion is a gift that we all can open and share with each other. Look for those opportunities to do just that. To be honest, I would have to say that I was not always willing to share that gift. Compassion may seem to some to be a weakness or detriment. In my work as a therapist and addiction clinician, I would sometimes look at a person and think, You made those choices, now you need to face the consequences. Sometimes our jobs don't put much emphasis on being compassionate. It is our choice to find a way to make it a part of our job and life. I always thought that I would be a great opera singer and travel the world. I never thought. That I would find so much joy in being a music director in a church and fills so, so much compassion as well as passion doing that job. In a song by Ray Bolt's Shepherd Boy, the lyrics say But when others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king, even though your life seems filled with ordinary things. In just a moment, he can touch you, and everything will change. When others see a shepherd, God may see a king. How often have we felt that we couldn't do something because people saw us differently, or felt that they knew what was best for us? This includes what we often say to ourselves. not good. I know that I have had many times in my life when I doubted my abilities and talents, and I would get in my own way. One of the things that I learned from Mr. Duncan was to get myself out of the way and let God work through me. It is sometimes quite difficult to let go and let God. Samuel and Jesse saw through mortal eyes until God revealed to them what God saw in the heart. When I was a kid, I was considered quite close. For those of you that are familiar with the old show, Dick Van Dyke, (laughs) he would make an entrance into the living room and quickly fall over the footstool. This was my life. (laughs) I was known to fall over the dog, up the stairs, into a closet, over things that weren't there. The first time my parents came to see me in an opera in Ohio, and I was one of the chosen dancers, <laughs> <laughs> they prayed and crossed their fingers to live. <laughs> One day, my dad decided to build my confidence he would have me carry his and my ice cream cones when I was a kid. I was proud of the opportunity to prove my skill at staying upright. As I carried the ice cream cones and crossed over the railroad tie that was in the parking lot, my typical inability to not trip came into play and both our ice cream cones ended up in the dirt. My dad saw me as having an ability to succeed where I did not always feel that my dad looked on my heart. It is sometimes difficult to see in ourselves an ability to succeed or take a risk and possibly fail. What is in your heart is extremely important. So, what is in your heart matters, right? Like what Samuel saw in David, Jesus saw in Matthew, Zacchaeus, and Peter, and what Mr. Duncan and my dad saw in me mattered. So does what is in your heart matter to you and those that know you? In this world of appearance, makeovers, plastic surgery, youth juvenile creams, we forget to see a person as God sees them. We fail to be who we are and are meant to be, even with our flaws and challenges. Susie and I met singing in an Irving Berlin review in Jupiter, Florida. The song that won her heart was, How Deep Is the Ocean? Susie must have seen something in my heart, because at the time I was a social worker, and you know what kind of salary they get. I was driving a 1978 beige Ford Fairmont with no air conditioning, rolled out windows, beaded seat cover, and AM radio. Her comment about me in in relation to the car was, you must be pretty confident to drive a car like that and not care too much about appearance and style. Someday ask Susie about the polyester pants she made me get rid of. <laughs> in Mark chapter 4, the story of the mustard seed talks of how unimpressive and small the mustard seed is. Yet, it grows up and becomes the greatest of shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. My dad was and still is the kind of person that sees potential in others. Being a physics professor at Kent State University gave him the opportunity to see his students as more capable than sometimes they saw themselves. He looked on the heart of his students and us children, my brothers and sister and me. So on this Father's Day, I would like to remind you from our reading today god does not look on your outward appearance or your height of stature but the lord looks on the heart keep yourself open to discover the heart of the people you meet and have faith in god's ability to help you to grow from a mustard seed into a thriving shrub <laughs> Thank you for indulging me in listening. Amen.